everybody. Just wanted to let you know that the following podcast is intended for adults only. Hello, podcast world. We want to thank you for tuning in to Cages, Stages, Pages, and Rages. I don't think it's a good idea. How about this? Okay. I'm, I'm just spitballing. Okay. I'm just brainstorming. Right. Let's say what we just recorded. That's the intro, right? We cut that. We release it. And then we do a 10 part series where every episode is only four <laughs> minutes long and every episode is another top. So it's like a jigsaw, dude. They got to piece together all the top 10 things to watch. Huh? So break down the podcast setup and see you tomorrow or. Yeah, I don't even like seeing you right now, actually. So, yeah, do the just like take a couple days and then we'll reconvene. We'll do one choice and then we'll cut that and then upload it. So, I mean, dude, we have content for the next 10 weeks. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the CSPR podcast. I'm Adam. I am Dan. And we're. We're (laughs) What it do do, brah. Nailed it. How you doing? I'm good, man. Just uh, ready to get into this. This is part three now of the New Year's episodes multiple because so much content to go over. There's no way we can make a three hour episode unless, you know, someone's driving cross country. <laughs> that would be suitable. Um, oh, yeah. But in this case, I'm very excited to be talking about our top five things to watch from 2020. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm feeling pretty good, dude. Uh, it's it's weird because, yeah, this is like a trilogy. Who asked for the trilogy? Nobody. But who's giving it to you? Us. We Let's are. go. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, no, man. Like you said, look, we're not going to get into how horrible this past year was because let's be honest 2020 not one of the best years right could have been way better so outside of all the shit that happened there were some bright spots and a few of those bright spots are the top 10 things to watch brought to you by adam dan and jesus no i'm just kidding it's it's mainly adam and dan yeah it's jesus by the way ah shout out to kenya huh what any hopple getting right down to it um Cue the music. What up, beautiful folks? I'm so glad that you are here right now to listen to Adam and I go over our top five things to watch from 2020. Don't forget um, to email us at csbrpodcast at gmail.com. Anything, literally anything. Um, emojis uh you know a your high school memoir whatever uh, you know if you want to get shout out we'll shout you out if you just have feedback both positive or negative we'll take it literally anything let us know how you're feeling about this podcast um also please don't forget to subscribe and like us if you would be so gracious as to leave a review preferably on itunes that would be dope as well so now that you have your homework jotted down in front of you Thank you. And here is each of our top five from 2020 of best things to watch that were released specifically in 2020. Yes, Dan. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to get into the top 10 list, my five and your top five. Uh, Also, speaking of Dan saying the CSPR 
podcast at gmail.com. Maybe you want to send us an email with your top things to watch or your top 10 reasons on why you fucking hate us or your top 10 other podcasts you like to listen to besides ours. Cause we suck. I don't know. But speaking of that, Dan, it's amazing. Cause when you look at the listener stats, our CSPR family has grown exponentially. So if you want to be a part of that family, you can do two things. One, please keep listening. We love you. And also number two, share it with your friends. Let's get some other members of the CSPR family because we're open for everybody. Everybody, Absolutely. Right, and as you know, Adam, sharing is caring. So if you give a shit about us or your friends, share the love. No, I'm saying. Exactly. Also, thanks for moving back into the spot. I told you to move away from the microphone. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. You're obviously a quick learner. Yes, Adam. All right, folks. Now the moment all of you have been waiting for. It is Dan and my top 10 list. We each picked our top five things to watch. Five plus five, Dan equals? Eleventy. Exactly. That's, thank you, public school system. Ah, they're the best. Um, I'm super excited about this list because although 2020, not the best year to be um, making movies. So I'm curious to see what's going to come out this year, because as you know, Adam, a lot of these movies that came out in 2020 were getting worked on and probably shot well before the pandemic hit. So at least they had stuff to release um over this past year though many productions shut down or ultimately halted paused and uh very curious but that's 2021 stuff so let's talk about these movies in 2020 adam you want to start with your top five yeah and dan you know it's so it was good and bad obviously movies the content you have to watch it doesn't matter which year it's from it actually gives you a chance to escape the global pandy much like our podcast right our our job is to fill your hearts and minds and maybe even your nether regions with good feelings to escape the global pandy so dan actually as you said um i usually focus on the geekdom movies and by that i mean like the superhero comic book based but dan as you know this was the first year since i've been alive well i guess not since i've been alive oh we'll call it the first year since I started to grow up a little bit, just a little, where Marvel didn't have a big movie release. It was supposed to be Black Widow. But see, as you mentioned, because the global pandy, there are some, oh, actually a lot of movies that were already finished, but because we can't go to the theaters to watch them and they can't rake in all the money from their big uh big premieres, Mark, right? Right. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. pushed them back into 2020 or they had to push them to streaming services like the, the, uh, the new Wonder Woman movie. So what was sad for me was not a lot of new geekdom movies. However, that forced me to focus on movies that were kind of outside of my pocket, right? My niche. So it helped me find movies that were not even comic book based at all that I fell in love with. So expanding the taste buds. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Speaking of that, Dan, we're going to do something a little different. I know if you listen back to our prior episodes, especially the Christmas one, which if you haven't listened to it, please go check it out. Dan and I did this thing where we kind of gave each of our choices. We went back and forth. This time, folks, I'm going to run through my five choices and then Dan's going to go through his five choices. So I know... I don't know if you did this or not, Dan, but I just decided to for all of my choices to kind of break them up into categories. 
you didn't have to do that, but I did not do it. But uh, I also, you know, elaborated a little bit and pulled some stuff from sources um, that I can reference online. Um, so as per usual, just like when we did the Mount Rushmore of comedians, we took a different approach and style to it, but I kind of like it mixes things up, makes things less mundane for y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, so get pumped. Cause this is the top five, Adam. So for my first category, of course, I did mention geekdom. It was hard to find an MCU movie that came out this year. Guess why? Uh, cause they didn't have one. However, mm-hmm. For DC movies, I know they haven't had the greatest track record. Um, Recently, though, we had the Joker movie, which was so dope. But also, there was one this year where had I not had the opportunity to not watch as many comic book movies, honestly, probably wouldn't have checked it out. But I saw this recently, and Dan, it is DC's The Birds of Prey. This movie was amazing. It stars the always fabulous Margot Robbie. She's also pretty easy on the eyes. But it's actually she is heavily supported by all of the other actors and actresses. But who I want to mention is Rosie Perez. I didn't even know that she was still alive, to be honest, but she's (laughs) she's still killing it. And when they cast Ewan McGregor as Black Mask, I had a lot of reservations because I was like, he doesn't really strike me like a villain, but he does a fantastic job in this movie. The movie plays out like a comic book would. It goes in for all of the dramatic dialogue scenes, then it flows into humor, and then very rapidly goes into these awesome fight sequences. But all of the coloring and just all of the the, uh, the fight choreography and even the, uh, the quippy dialogue, it's as if you took a Harley Quinn comic book and it's on the screen right in front of you. So my first choice for the geekdom category, one of the only choices, is Birds of Prey. And if I may, Adam, ask you, because you are the expert in the geekdom realm, um, this was not the first movie for Harley Quinn, or is it a sequel or prequel to a movie? So this movie was not the first one that you see her in, right? The other Margot Robbie take on it. The first time you see her actually is in the Suicide Squad. Movie. Suicide Squad. Right. Right. But this movie actually takes place. I guess you could call it. It's almost like a sequel. Because at the beginning of this movie, it actually um, touches on what happened with her and the Joker's relationship. And it's referring to the Joker, which is played by Jared Leto in the Suicide, in Squad, Suicide Squad. Right. Right. Also starring Will Smith. Yes. Who was awesome, by the way. But I don't want to give away the story. I'm not going to say what happens with the Joker and also what happens with Harley Quinn. But yeah, this movie is a sequel to that part of the universe. Very good question, Dan. Right on, um, dude. So my next movie, it comes from... One of my favorite categories, which is good old nostalgia, because Mm. I remember when our parents, Dan, right, they used to watch old TV shows and they used to wear like the clothing styles because they wanted to relive their childhood. I never quite understood it until I got at least to the age where now I'm aching for things that happened when we were kids in the 90s. We're both 90s babies. Right. So we grew Uh, up in the 90s. A great time to be alive (laughs) and be a child in America. I love how you said that with a French accent. Shout out to France and America. Um, And shout out to Kenya. Shout out to Kenya. Yes. So this documentary, which also, Dan, I I watched more documentaries this past year than I had any year prior, just because it was like, well, there's nothing else to watch. It's time for me to do a deep dive. And this is not only my favorite documentary of 2020. It has now become my favorite documentary of all of the times because it brings back... 
one of the best sports memories of my entire childhood. And that is watching Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman. I could go down the whole roster. I'm not going to, but the watching these Bulls team. Exactly. Watching the Bulls dynasty and how many times it's them versus the jazz. Um, it's called the last dance. It was on ESPN plus then it was on regular ESPN. Now it's on actually Netflix just picked it up. Right. So they have this 10 episode documentary on so many streaming platforms, but this documentary, it was so incredible and it really, I don't think you had to be a nineties kid to appreciate it, but they didn't even have to be a Chicago fan to appreciate it. Right. But it was awesome because all these images, all, all this game footage and just showing all these things from the nineties. It's stuff that I know you and I saw on TV when we were kids. It, It was awesome. Oh, it was a mega nostalgia orgasm for sure in my brain Um, (laughs) and in my pants. So uh, I love the sport of basketball. Uh, I believe we've referenced that a couple of times now throughout these episodes. And gosh, with this so much fun um, to watch, I got to watch it with a good buddy of mine who felt the same way. And we took it slow because they released it all at once and we took it upon ourselves to be like we're not going to binge it uh normally when something this awesome comes out like you can almost not help but to binge it um but we watched an episode a week and made it span over the course of a couple of months and man was it exciting and it was it's i looked forward to every new episode you learned something about all the players, um, especially the big three, Scotty, Michael, and Dennis. Um, you also learn a lot about one of the, not one of the, the greatest coach, in my opinion, uh, for the NBA, Phil Jackson. He is such a stud and apparently a huge stoner. Um, <laughs> but not going to elaborate on that too much more because I don't want to spoil all the goodies and all the surprises within the last dance. Um, but again, you don't have to be uh, a Chicago Bulls fan or um, even really a, a basketball fan. If you appreciate sports, this is one of the most epic sports stories of all the sports of all the times. So check it out. I mean, got great reviews um, there. If you do read anything about uh, Michael Jordan, and this documentary, he had a lot of um, weight in how it played out. Didn't necessarily go very well with some of the other players and how they were portrayed, um, or at least, you know, via like Twitter and social media, how it was reviewed. But at the end of the day, if you can just ignore all that, it's a great documentary on its own, really well done and well put together. And goddamn, was Michael Jordan such a badass, such hard work ethic, so cool. Uh, maybe a bit intense at times, but how else do you become the greatest sports player of all time without being a little extra? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he had high expectations for himself, but also all the players that he played with. And uh, yeah, Dan, to kind of wrap it up. So the first thing you said, that's actually very incredible that you made yourself not binge it because when it actually was first released, it was on a weekly basis. It was back in June of 2020. They would air two episodes each week. Yes. For consecutive weeks. But I waited 
well, no, sorry. I, I watched the episodes, but I watched the censored versions. Right. And then they would air the, uh, the versions with all the cuss words and all the, which stuff don't later. watch the censored version. Dear oh, God, yeah. The same thing happened to me where it's like, I had to go back and rewatch some because mm-hmm. I realized I was watching it's, it's not nearly as fun. And these guys are just chuck full of good, um, vulgar language. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, such a big difference from the edited version. It's garbage, honestly. Especially Dennis Rodman. It's like when he talks, but they have the edited version. Like it's like an Eminem song from the 90s where you get like every one out of every 16 words. You're like, I can't even do a Scrabble game to put this sentence together. What the fuck, Dennis? And I'm pretty sure in either version, the edited or not, they had to give him captions because you still can't understand what the fuck he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. No, well, it, it was awesome, too. But also just to put a yeah, to put a, a, a final bow on it. Um, I also thought the same thing. I was like, this whole documentary is from a biased perspective. I mean, obviously, if there's one player you focus on, it has to be MJ. But Dan, I know you know this, but the reason why they portrayed Jordan in a certain light was because actually the production company, it was Michael Jordan's production company. Well, duh. And yeah. uh, it is called The Last Dance because, and you'll find out when you watch it. So without giving any more spoilers, yeah, is in regards to the whole team. But really, you could definitely call this documentary the fucking Michael Jordan documentary, honestly. Yeah. Well, and that's why it made sense because I also thought it makes Scottie Pippen look like an asshole, right? They're making these players look like a bunch of assholes, but then I thought, wait, once you know that it's from MJ's perspective, you get why they look like that. Cause it's from his point of view. I get it. Right. And now that you know this knowledge listeners don't feed too much into it and don't think about that while you're watching it, just enjoy it as it is as a great, great documentary. Yes. Um, and that is the bow. Very good. Um, I'm looking at your notes now, Adam, and I'm very excited that you chose this because it's also on my list. It was the only crossover one we had, and it's under my personal favorite um, as of actually a couple of years ago. Once I really started, actually, you encouraged me to start getting into the Marvel world action movies. I fucking cannot get enough of action movies over the past two years. Like I will yeah. binge and watch all sorts of shit. As long as there's good fight scene in it, I'm on board. Yeah, well, I so I was raised on the other uh, 90s action movies, right? You had the Die Hards, you had the Terminators. It was basically Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sly Stallone, and then Bruce Willis. And then at some point, you kind of had Steven Seagal, you had Jean-Claude Van Damme, right? Shout out mm-hmm. to Kenny again. But um, <coughs> so, and for me, Jackie Chan. Ah, oh, fuck yeah. Jackie Chan, dude, his his amazing fight choreography. Dude, even Wesley Snipes for a little bit there, like before Blade and everything, like he was yeah. doing action movies. Like so I was raised on these action movies. And then when it gets into the 2000s, I kind of stopped being into them. It wasn't because I changed, but it's because the, uh, the action movie formula, in my opinion, slightly diminished. But then CGI special effects, you know, they started taking away from like choreographed choreographed fight scenes and just putting in a bunch of sweet, awesome special effects, which was fun. But definitely there's like a little bit of a, you know, adjustment period there. Yeah. So it's like you get into early 2000s and it's kind of like it's not the same. But then what happened, Dan, and I know the movie, which is why I'm a huge Keanu Reeves fan. Mm. But the movie that brought me back into new age action movies, of course, was John Wick. I saw the first movie and I was like, action movies are back. Now, I bring up John Wick because the fight scenes in the movie I'm about to talk about, which is also on Dan's list, 
has the same type of feel in the fight choreography and just the pure adrenaline, the gore, just like how vicious hand-to-hand combat can be. It Mm -hmm. is a movie that stars Thor, Chris Hemsworth, and it's basically- <laughs> yeah, it's him in a movie that's on Netflix that actually I slept on for so long till finally one night I made myself watch it. It's from my action movie category. It's called Extraction. Oh, so dude. good, dude. And you make a really good point in like kind of contrast comparing it to John Wick because I mean, bulk of this movie probably 80% all action and fight mm-hmm. scenes and then the other 20% you get to fill in the storyline and any little drama or whatever. Um, but so action packed, so fast paced. And one of the things I particularly enjoyed about extraction as well as John wick is how they filmed it. There are so many fight scenes that it's all one shot. Mm-hmm. And if you've never been in film before, I can't even explain to you how extremely difficult it is to get anything that's even just one line perfectly done in sequence when there's so many different steps you have to go through. Super impressive and really well done. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like it was huge for us as the viewers to fall in love with yet another new action movie. But also, I feel like it was huge for Chris Hemsworth because he was almost falling into the category of he's Thor and that's all he'll ever be. He proved in this movie because he keeps his Aussie accent, by the way, that he can do more than just be Thor. So, oh, yeah, uh, I. I fucking love this movie, dude. I I don't know why I decided to sleep on it for so long. I think it's because I had the stigma attached where I'm like, it's fucking Thor. Like, I know what he can do. I'll I'll just wait for the next Thor movie to come out. But dude, he slayed this movie. Yeah. And even though it's a completely, I mean, like, yes, they both fall under action. I'm referencing the Thor movies, but it's fantasy. And this is very real feeling and could have happened definitely in real life. Extraction. Great movie. Great pick, Adam. Thank you. I can't wait to dive into it more when we get to your list, but I'm also done with mine, Dan. So my last two movies on my list, they actually come from the same category. Now I called them movies to escape the global pandy because sometimes we need those movies like the Dumb and Dumber movies or just like a Disney movie, something where it gives you all the feels in the best way possible. I have two on here, Dan. I don't know if you've seen both. I know you've seen one of them, but I, I guess I'll bring up my favorite comedy movie of all of 2020 because i know it was a very dire year a lot of tragedy but sometimes we need to laugh right it Mm. was borat 2 subsequent movie film which of course stars the brilliant there's me saying brilliant again the brilliant mind of sasha baron cohen and it is not a spoiler but it's just kind of like a note about the movie there is a girl i was introduced to in this movie her name is maria bakalova i'm sorry if i just butchered her name but she plays borat's daughter that he doesn't know he has. And all I'll say is I give the credit to Sasha Baron Cohen because he was the writer, right? We wouldn't have Borat 2 without the first Borat. But the person that steals the movie is his daughter. She is fantastic in this movie. She makes awesome comedic choices. And, and just, you know, I mean, look, it's one of those movies where I do feel like you have to watch the first one so that you really appreciate this one. But even if you haven't seen the first one, it's pretty self-explanatory, right? Like you understand kind of who Borat is 
as a character within the first 10 or 15 minutes. And he even does a flashback where he explains what's happened. But there was dude, a fair amount of time in between when the first one came out and this newer one that was released. This yeah. Year. Long time. I, th- I think I saw the first one, like maybe when we were in high school and, yeah, and then this one comes out, it's on Amazon prime, hundred percent free as long, of course, as you pay for Amazon prime. But yeah, Dan, I, I laughed so hard because although it wasn't like a jaw dropping comedy, like the first one was right. Cause the first one, he did some things in that movie where I'm like, I never thought this would make it on screen. So like the awe factor is, is not there. You expect him to do outlandish, highly offensive things. However, the overall theme, because he does try to send a message home, the non-political message that just has to do with father and daughter, like that kind of relationship in this movie, I didn't laugh as hard as I did during the first one, but I laughed harder than any other comedy movie this year. But I felt more from this movie than I did the first one. So highly recommend it. Which would make sense because honestly, didn't ever think there would be a Bo Rat 2. It's not like they necessarily set it up for a sequel or anything. Um, I guess just due to the popularity and Hollywood and I haven't any fucking ideas for new content recently. Um, and the redos, the remakes and the sequels that are coming out decades later. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know, if you never watched Bo Rat, the first one, or if you don't even know what we're talking about, and unless you've lived in a basement for over a decade and haven't <laughs> gone outside, you've definitely heard someone say, my wife, that's Bo Rat. Or and they made another movie about it. So. Very nice. I like you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I have not seen it yet, honestly. But Adam, I think you've uh, just talked me into it. I got a Prime account. If it's a freebie, I'm going to get up on that. Dude, you would love it. Because we tend to have the same itch for like certain types of sense of humor. Cringeworthy almost. Yeah, you would love it. It's it's so good. Um, So my second movie, Dan, which this is one that you say that you did see. And this one, it did make me shed some tears at the very end. Not going to spoil the end for you. I'm just letting you know it is a tearjerker. It stars the voices of Chris Pratt and also Tom Holland, which we do know from the Marvel movies. They didn't make another... Guardians movie yet. They didn't make another Spider-Man movie yet. They didn't make another Avengers movie yet. But you know Chris Pratt as Star-Lord from Guardians. But also he's he's done a bunch of other things, okay? I'm not saying that's the only thing that he's done, but that's what he's oh, done no. most recently. Also, mm-hmm. Tom Holland, he's done a bunch of other things, but most recently, he is the perfect Spider-Man. He really is the best they, Peter Parker so far. Oh, absolutely, dude. They use the voices of these two gentlemen in a movie that is on Disney+, Plus, and it's called onward oh my gosh god damn you pixar why do you make such like gripping movies that like force me to cry my eyes out in front of people i would hate to see me cry right Uh, every time and i never see it coming i never see it coming and even you know it's like the thing where you're like well i gotta you know be the man of the house and Mm -hmm. really fight these tears so it's like it's not like a bawling like uncontrollable wailing but it's just like that that teetering on the edge of your eyelid kind of tear where you're like i can't i can't not feel emotion with this movie it was fucking awesome oh yeah dude have you had the time like i remember during disney pixar's inside out which if Mm. you haven't seen that one too have to watch it but i i remember watching with my girlfriend's kids they didn't cry i was bawling like a baby by the time that movie was done dude can you pass me a tissue? Are you crying? No, I just like came down with a cold while we were watching this movie. Can you just pass it? Ooh. Dude. Oh, dude. Up. Dude. Up. 
Speaking of which, uh, a little sneak peek spoiler, Adam and I are definitely going to make another top five and or top 10 list for most cry worthy Pixar movies, mm-hmm. which may also be elaborated on into a cry worthy movie category, but that's soon to come. Uh, we're still in the 2020 top five. Adam, those were fantastic picks uh i'm very excited to watch the ones i didn't get a chance to see but man last dance great extraction onward fucking loved all those movies so um well done i see uh you also have one last one to mention yes my honorable mention where if it was a top six list this would be on my top six It is a five episode, guess what? Another documentary. Now it's a part of Showtime. However, I watched it because I actually just bought it on Amazon Prime. It's called The Comedy Store. Based on guess what, Dan? The actual stand-up. The the Comedy Store? Like like it's off Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood? Yeah, and guess what? It's called uh, The Comedy Store. Yeah, so Mm. if, I mean, Dan and I, you know, my list goes off of what, our whole interests are, which is why we have this podcast, right? So we're huge stand-up comedy fans. This documentary, there have been many people that have tried to document the history, not only of stand-up comedy as an art form, but also the comedy store because of Mitzi Shore, right? That is the mecca for anybody doing stand-up, which we'll see what the global pandy has done to live stand-up. I hope it comes back. We'll talk about that later. We will talk about Dave Chappelle and how Joe Rogan is trying to set up Austin, blah, 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 blah. But, um, And by set up Austin, I'm not talking about a person. I'm saying he's in Austin, Texas right now. He's trying to make that a comedy hub. Any hoozle, any hopping, flopping gagger. Um, I, (laughs) I love this documentary. And also me watching this documentary was right around when we were making the Mount Rushmore of stand-up comedy. And this one actually kind of reminded me about the impact that people like Richard Pryor and George Carlin had on the industry. So this is, like the last dance in the sense that it was produced by Michael Jordan. Just kidding. No, it's like the last dance where Dan, I think you would agree. I think we even mentioned it. You don't have to be a basketball nor a Chicago bulls fan to appreciate the last dance. You don't have to be a stand-up comedy fan to appreciate the comedy store documentary. So if you're looking for an awesome, informative, historical laugh out loud, but also heartbreaking documentary, watch the comedy store. And I am very excited to watch it because, admittingly, I have not. However, I did spend a short period of time in my life in the Los Angeles area and frequented the comedy store many times, saw many shows, even saw a show um, that they were just it was maybe a lineup of 20 plus comedians and they were each getting about five to eight minutes out of nowhere, not even on the bill for the night. Louis C.K. shows up. Now, this was before he was me, dude. Um, yeah. And um, I so I have I have a little nostalgia there and great respect for the comedy store. Uh, never got my chance to get on stage or do any of the open mics there. But that is a bucket list dream for me. So great honorable mention, Adam, even though I haven't seen it. I'm expecting great things. And uh, I'll let you know how I feel about it.
Thanks, Dan. That was my top five things to watch. Please check all those things out or maybe check none of them out. Actually, Dan, maybe we would like to hear what our listeners top five choices, maybe top 10, top 50, whatever you want to do. So before we get into Dan's top five, which I know there's some good ones on there. If you would mm-hmm. like to chime in and let us know what your top things to watch are, maybe how you feel about what our choices are, please email us at CSPRpodcast at gmail.com. Dan, the floor is yours, my friend. Thank you, sir. I'm going to get right into it, not wasting any time. The first movie, and even though I did not plug in uh, the um, genre that these would fall under, I'm just going to go off the cuff because I know most of them are action, like I was saying. And my first one does start off with action. It's a movie called Ava. Now, I pulled this directly from IMDb just to give you an idea um, without me completely botching it because I am fucking terrible at recalling movies that I didn't just see yesterday. So, but I do remember that I loved it. So IMDb says Ava is a deadly assassin who works for a black ops organization, traveling the globe, specializing in high profile hits. When a job goes dangerously wrong, she is forced to fight for her own survival. Okay. Pretty brief synopsis, right? Almost sounds like very typical in a uh, assassin type action movie. Um, But it is starring Jessica Chastain and she Uh, And she was in Molly's Game. Uh, If you haven't seen that movie, awesome movie. Want to just plug that really quick. Um, But she does a great job of playing the leading role of Ava. And it's not so much a badass chick flick, but it's more a badass chick in a flick, if you will. (laughs) I love that. Nice, dude. Thanks, man. Um, Basically, what I'm trying to say uh, by saying that is it's not a stereotypical chick flick at all. So I didn't want that to get confused when I said badass chick flick. Um, Unless, of course, you're a nice lady who enjoys murder and high-level graphic violence. (laughs) Because that is what goes on in this movie. Um, It's also starring Common, uh, the famous rapper and also now equally famous actor. He's been in a ton of shit. Um, Who's also in John Wick 2, by the way. Dope fight scenes. Hell yeah, dude. He is great with the action stuff. Actually, but though it's funny in this movie, no action scenes for Common. He's just part of the dramatic element that uh, and, and the romantic um, part of the movie. Uh, blue, lame, more action fight scenes, please. Just kidding. <laughs> you got to have some of that stuff in there. Otherwise, the movie doesn't make sense. You're just watching YouTube action fight scenes. Um, and then there's also the very famous and also even in more things, Colin Farrell. Um, but my one of my favorite actors of all time, John Malkovich, is starring in this movie as uh, and he's pretty much he's not um, Ava's boss necessarily, but he delegates um, work to her via his boss. Uh, and she's an assassin. So she's killing a bunch of people, but she gets direct orders from John Malky and. Dude, he is just so entertaining to watch as he just feels so comfortable in his own skin. I don't think he's typecasted necessarily, but he does kind of have a same feel about him in a lot of movies, Mm -hmm. which is why I wanted to plug this one talking about John Malkovich. Not my top 2020. This is a movie that came out in 1999. Adam, have you ever seen the movie Being John Malkovich? I have actually. That is the only movie where I've ever seen Cameron Diaz look ugly as fuck. Uh, couldn't agree more, which is so funny that you said that because I don't have any notes about it, but I share that sentiment. <laughs> um, and also, great movie though. Great movie. Yeah, guys, this is completely just a one off, and I'm just going to get through it so that you have something else to watch that's a throwback. Um, but it's called Being John Malkovich, came out in 1999, and it was an American fantasy 
comedy drama. Wow, that's a mouthful. Uh, film and di- film directed by Spike Jones, um, and it stars John Cusack, great, great actor, and Cameron Diaz, looking terrible as shit. Moving right along, guys, I want to get into my next non um, <laughs> import- imported uh, genre, which would be a rom com, because this movie's called The Lovebirds. Adam saw this yes. movie too. Actually, I'm pretty sure Adam told me like, dude, have you seen this movie Lovebirds? It's fucking awesome. It's hilarious. It's also actually, it's more of like an action rom-com. There is a lot of uh, action going on in this. Some like car scenes, a couple fight scenes, but it's all mostly comedic. It's very, very, very hilarious. I would just like to say, yeah. So I always struggle, right? Because there's a lot of guys out there or girls or whoever you are, where you have a date night with your significant mm-hmm. other. I was so I was with my girlfriend and most of the time, the rom-coms, you know, it's it's like along the vein of the notebook or like some sort of Nicholas Sparks, right? The lake house, something like that. Instead, this movie, actually, it has just enough action so that I was interested but also the romance had just enough so that my girlfriend was interested. So actually put that together. There's a lot of jokes in it, some hilarious scenes. So yeah, it is the perfect date night movie for sure. Uh, yeah. And ironically enough, watched it with my lady friend and we laughed. We, we didn't cry, but we laughed and then we had sex after. So very, very good for the romantic part. Um, but also get a couple of chuckles in, you know what I mean? Like work on the maps a bit. Um, So this is a synopsis that I pulled from cinemablend.com just to give you guys an idea. Uh, It's a couple, and this is uh, Isa Ray. Yes? Isa. Isa Ray. Are you being facetious or am I just a complete asshole? No, I'm I'm being serious. Her name is Isa Ray. So I'm just a complete asshole. Isa, if you're out there listening, thank you. Uh, And also, sorry for bashing your name. Isa Ray and (laughs) Kumal Nanjani. He Nanjiani Nanjiani. See, God damn it. And I said his yeah. name. I even practiced saying his name because I love him. He's a great stand up comedian, guys. We've never I'm not sure. Also jacked, by the way, dude. Have you seen it? Like he had to get jacked for his new Marvel role. He's jacked. Yeah, he's, he's looking very good. And he was never like fat necessarily, but he was he was yeah. skinny fat, just he like skinny but, fat. But looked yeah. like, you know, you could blow him over with, uh, you know, some wind. <laughs> um, but just so I don't botch it again, will you say it? <laughs> Kumail Nanjiani. Nanjiani. Thank you. Um, he's awesome, by the way. Uh, but it's them two starring and they are a couple that experiences a defining moment in their relationship when they are unintentionally embroiled in a murder mystery. <laughs> that's enough for me to be like, I'm curious. Maybe I'll watch the first 10 minutes. It doesn't take that long for you to be laughing your ass off. So you'll get into it right away. Um, something that I found out while putting these notes together was that Michael Showalter directed it. Adam, do you know of Michael Showalter? Um, I, I think, which I see here, so I'm not cheating because your notes have it down already, but I do know that he also worked with Kumail for probably my favorite rom-com of actually 2017, which was The yes. Big Sick. And actually, all in all, if we were comparing both of those movies, 100% The Big Sick wins. Um, oh, it was, 100%. It was even more heartfelt, more deep, more real. The Lovebirds is 
more action and comedy than it is romance. Well, and also, Dan, I think you know this. Maybe not. But the movie, The Big Sick, that's based on real life events. That is based on Kumail's relationship with his current wife. That's that's real. Wow. So, okay, And I I mean, I had an idea that I mean, because I know that. um, Sorry, Kumail is not from here. And he came over with right. his parents who are definitely not from here. And he references it a lot in his stand up, this, that, and the other. But I didn't know that it was actually like pretty closely tied to his real life story. That's very interesting. Yeah, that's that's exactly how he met his now wife. So that movie is, I mean, granted, the girl or the woman that plays his his love interest in that movie, not his wife in real life. But the story itself is based on his actual relationship with wow. his wife. Dude. Well, that's even a little nugget for me because that makes it even better. Much respect and shout out to Kamal because fucking hey, dude, he's hilarious. Both of these movies were great, but we're talking about 2020. It was The Lovebirds. It was directed by Michael Showalter. And if you don't know who Michael Showalter is, this is a little hidden gem for you. Uh, there was one season of a show that him and Michael Ian Black put together on Comedy Central back in 2009. Ah. <sighs> Michael and Michael have issues. It's kind of like a sketch comedy show. And it's just, I think it was before it's time. I think if it were to come out now, it would have gotten a lot more attention. It's just so out there and uh, a lot of fun and very sarcastic. Um, But check that out if you got the time. But that's not part of the top 20, or I'm sorry, the top five in 2020 list. (laughs) Um, So let's move right along. Action again extraction and we already talked about this a little bit but uh we didn't mention and i don't even know if you know this adam they have announced a sequel for this movie actually i I think i did know that however i think they also said that chris hems chris hemsworth might be returning but i mean without spoiling it i don't well I don't want to spoil shit. It's just, yeah, I, I heard that Dan. I also heard that announcement. Please tell me more. So I just pulled up this article that I found on Esquire because uh, the original one I meant or I, that I read was just talking about extraction. And then this new one talks about um, how there is a upcoming sequel. And I don't want to sit here and read it out to you guys or whatever, but Check it out. If you like the movie, look into when this sequel may be potentially coming out, because I think it's I didn't think that it would be necessarily set up for a sequel, but I'm I hope they do it again, even if it just means that they're using the same director and um, fight choreographer and um, camera guy, because shit, man, like I was talking about before, the action scenes in this movie, totally gripping and just unbelievable really well done and yeah like you were mentioning before chris hemsworth not wed to just being thor he kills it in this movie um so that's enough about that because fucking a i could really honestly get into this movie a lot more we could do an entire episode on this movie you know what i'm saying but we're not gonna do that oh dude (laughs) (laughs) um So was there anything else that you wanted to say about this movie, Adam? Cause I wouldn't want to take away the opportunity. Um, I, I, I think what 
I really loved about it was that the story, it's a lot more than just action. You were accurate in saying that it's like basically 80% of the movie are these outstanding fight sequences. It has car chases. It has weapons, right? There's a bunch of shootouts. So it's not all just hand-to-hand combat. But I will say the moments where it's not action-based and they try to make it more dramatic, I have never been so invested in character stories in an action movie in a very long time. So they do a really great job at making you invest in all these characters. So just the balance they have of when they have a heartfelt moment that is not action based, they really make you feel it just long enough until, as you said, during our UFC episode, you're punched in the dick with like, okay, they were sharing this heartfelt moment and somebody just died. So it's like, you're on this roller coaster. I loved how, I was streaming it, right? So that means, Dan, like if you and me have to take a potty break, you just hit pause. I was so enthralled with the movie. I was in my own apartment and couldn't even pause the remote in my hand. (laughs) Yeah, I was holding my piss for like easily, easily one hour because I was so captivated by the movie. I couldn't stop watching it. It's amazing. dude. I totally agree, dude. And I probably if if there if we had to put them in order of very top pick, Probably was my favorite movie that I watched this year, Um, but I still have a couple left on my top five. So actually going to bring in a drama. Just kidding. It's another action movie. It's called The Old Guard. Um, And I pulled this. I pulled this from Esquire as well. This is another one that um, Adam told me about. And I probably waited probably a good two months before I was finally like same way that he did with Extraction was like, all right, fine. I'll just watch this movie. Very fun. Lots of good stuff. Um, But I pulled this from Esquire and it says that it sets a new standard for superhero movies. Now, would I label this a superhero movie? Not necessarily, but there are definitely superhuman powers involved. So, um, and Adam, this is a comic book. This is based on a comic book um, from Greg Ruka. Rucka. Damn it. I, Greg God, Rucka. I am so bad at reading um, <laughs> and and completely botching people's names. I'm so sorry. It's not intentional. I love your name. Actually, can I ask you a question too? Sorry. So you said that you would not label it a superhero movie. doesn't mean you're wrong. I would just like to know why. Because in my opinion, it is a superhero movie because it's based on people with superhuman powers from a comic book. But why would you not label it that? Like, it, is it because it's not the typical Batman, Superman, Captain America type movie or what? I guess, I guess I'm kind of putting it in a box on its own. Um, a little bit. I think what you're saying is like, okay, it wasn't Marvel, it wasn't DC. That right. doesn't necessarily mean that it's not a superhero movie, but the way most superhero movies go is they do follow, you know, closely to a comic book type style. And this felt more like, uh, like historical soldier story, you know, um, oh, like soldier a with superpowers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like, yeah. Like ancient Romans or like, like the, uh, the Greek gods, right? Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I see what you're so, saying. But like, I get it. Like, I'm not saying like what these guys are idiots for labeling it a superhero movie. It definitely still is, but it didn't feel that way to me, which made me kind of like it even more because it felt like it was more real. I know when I watch most Marvel or DC movies, it doesn't feel real as much as I wish all these superheroes were real would definitely help out in this global pandy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I know they're not real. So that's what it's just a weird feeling I had, but any housel, um, Esquire says it's based on the acclaimed comics from Greg Rucka, the film directed by Gina Prince by the wood 
by by the wood. That's I like by right. the wood so much better. By it's it's definitely by the wood. Yeah. Well, it is spelled out as by the wood. Um, <laughs> it's directed by Gina by the wood, uh, and it follows a group of near immortal. And near is very specific and important because they can die technically. Um, but they're near immortal warriors who have worked for centuries to fight for the betterment of humanity. Led by the ancient warrior Andy, played by the very hot, very sexy, very talented Charlize Theron. Anyway, guys, it's the old guard, great, fun action movie. Um, people get shot in the head and then they're back up fighting seconds later. It's very, very thrilling. Um, check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, and I believe I mentioned, no, I didn't, but the other couple of movies I've said at this point, um, Lovebirds was on Netflix. Adam already said Extractions on Netflix. Ava is on um, Amazon Prime. So the, there you go. You got a little couple of plugs and a good place to find those. And actually, yeah, Dan, so I, I, as I mentioned, I was forced to kind of get out of my comfort zone to watch other movies from various genres more so than I ever would. But I will say you bringing up old guard, I guess we could debate if it is a real superhero movie, but I also do agree with you, right? Like if I say, Hey Dan, have you heard about the new Wolverine movie? You don't have to think about if it is or isn't a superhero movie. Cause he has the legacy, right? All the stuff. This one, if you don't know the comic book, which of course I do. And I, I love the comics by the way, but if that's not something you've heard of, you don't automatically think old guard. Oh yeah. That's like X-Men or whatever the fuck. Right. So if there weren't so many other dope things that came out, another movie that is about superhumans that's on Netflix. It has Jamie Foxx. It has Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's called Project Power. And Dan, if I did not watch all the other things that I did, that would also be on my list because I love Project Power. I actually was happy you chose the old guard because it meant I didn't have to choose it so I can make room for like a different choice. But if you didn't pick it, it would for sure be on my list. And I watched that movie as well. And if there was, uh, if we were able to choose two honorable mentions, mm -hmm. that might've gone on that list, but it didn't. So check it out either way. We plugged it. Dan, I know you have one more choice left. Here's the thing. I really got to pee. So I'm going to take a quick break, but also I don't care to hear about this. Not because it's not a dope choice, but because I have yet to see it. So I have heard so many good things and want to have it so unspoiled for me over the next few minutes, whatever, however long it takes me to pee. I'm going to go take a break. Why don't you tell the folks about your last choice? I would love to enjoy your pee. Now, Guys, my last choice um, from this year came out on January 26th of 2020. It's on Netflix. It is a documentary with a bit of a storyline shoved in there. Um, it's well done. I liked that they did that. So you could kind of follow the story um, of someone in the scenario based off of what the entire documentary is actually about. And I'll just get into it. Okay. So I pulled this synopsis from cinemablend.com. We tweet, we like, and we share. But what are the consequences of our growing dependence on social media? As digital platforms increasingly become a lifeline to stay connected, Silicon Valley insiders reveal how social media is reprogramming civilization by exposing what's hiding on the other side of your screen. 
wow, that's pretty heavy handed. And it is. This is a very enlightening documentary, especially for the modern day um, anyone, because I would have just said millennials. But at this point, everybody, your mom's on social media. Your grandma might not be super active on it, but she has a profile with a picture of you guys from your last Christmas. So I pulled this uh, from the New York Times as well. And Uh, It says, never before in history have 50 designers made decisions that would have an impact on 2 billion people. This is a quote from Tristan Harris, who was a former design ethicist at Google. Um, Anna Lembeke, an addiction expert at Stanford University, explains that these companies exploit the brain's evolutionary need for interpersonal connection. And Roger McNamee, an early investor in Facebook, delivers a chilling allegation saying Russian didn't hack Facebook. It simply used its platform. Wow. Um, just really briefly, for my opinion, this this uh, documentary t- talks a lot about the effects on social media as it correlates with mental health, um, addiction, depression, anxiety, and oodles, oodles more. So it's a super informative. Enlighten yourself. Learn some things. Um, know exactly what you're doing when you're online who's able to see it and use that information technically against you. Um, It's thrilling. Um, It's kind of short, but it's sweet and to the point. Um, So check it out. It's called the social dilemma on Netflix. Uh, I think that you'll really enjoy it now. Oh, Adam. Hey, how was your pee, man? It was actually really nice. I, I didn't hear most of what you said for obvious reasons, but I can just look at the notes that you have and I can't imagine how much you fucked up everybody's name in that little blurb that you read. Yeah, yeah, but I already apologized for how terrible I am at it earlier, so not going to do it again. Just kidding. Sorry to anybody who I just mentioned, if you ever listen to this. <laughs> I'm not good with names. Um, remembering them, reading them. Um I'm just it's just not my strong suit so apologies i don't mean to be an intentional asshole there you go <laughs> dan that was a great list last but not least though i gave my honorable mention now i'm excited to hear you talk about yours because you just texted me about this one and i was like dude how did i forget this movie his honorable mention Strap on your seatbelts, boys and girls, because this one is such a dope choice. Dan, what is your honorable mention for this year? I just, just randomly came across this a couple of weeks ago. And when Adam and I met last to talk about these lists and he was like, I have an honorable mention. And I was like, well, we didn't talk about honorable mentions. How dare you make me do more work? Luckily, when I watched this movie, I didn't realize that it came out in July of 2020. It's called Palm Springs rated R for ridiculously good. Um, actually, probably for the profuse vanity and some sex scenes. Um, Rotten Tomatoes says two wedding guests develop a budding romance while living the same day over and over again. Yes, yes, that's right. It's a classic time loop. Every day starts over the same way. You can't die, but remember everything rom-com. And it was delightful, entertaining. It stars one of uh, my favorites, uh, comedic actors, Andy Samberg, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Kristen Milioti. 
nice yeah right fuck i worked on that one and then jk simons just kidding it's jk simmons (laughs) i know how to say his name um fucking love the fact that and jk simmons doesn't really come into the movie until like about maybe 20 30 minutes in so it's a complete surprise it's not like it's a cameo or anything but it's like oh shit i love jk simmons he's so good dude he's so good in this movie he is fantastic he's fantastic in every movie um if you don't know jk simmons um spider-man the old the original um first uh trilogy that came out um where spider-man was starring toby mcguire um he was ah, fuck i'm gonna botch this completely so adam if you wouldn't mind taking over (laughs) he plays j jonah jameson he also, though, Dan, in the most recent Spider-Man movie, he's back as J. Jonah Jameson. If you watch yes. it all the way till the end. Yeah. yeah fuck Tobey Maguire. Get him out of here. He's a shitty Spider-Man. But we got to keep J.K. Simmons, man. Also, though, Dan, here's another fun fact where I know the most recent Justice League movie. Shout out to the Snyder Cut. Can't wait to watch it on HBO Max. But the other uh, Justice League movie that was released, you know, with Batfleck and Aquaman mm-hmm. and everything. He also was Commissioner Gordon. So actually good old yes. J.K. has his foot in the uh, the DC pool and the Marvel pool. Is he the first person to do this? Uh, actually, no, I, I would say the first person to do it, of course, which when I tell you this, you're going to be like, oh yeah, dude, it was definitely, uh, Michael Keaton, I'd say, oh, because well. he was, you know, Batman, but then also he was Falcon for the first Spider-Man movie. So mm-hmm. another guy that is in literally everything, but also love me some Keaton. Oh, dude, um, yeah. Best Batman of all time, by the way. Yep. And we have talked about this in a previous episode, one that I can't think of which one it was on the top of my head. But why don't you just go back and listen to every CSBR episode, find that episode, and then tell us what you think by emailing us at csbrpodcast at gmail.com. I can tell you what the email is going to say. It's going to say, hey, guys, I couldn't find that episode because, Dan, the episode where we talked about him is not uploaded. Oh, damn it. It went into the dark archives. Well, you'll never get to hear it. So fuck you. (laughs) Fuck me, I guess. Um, But back to the list and my honorable mention of Palm Springs. Super fun movie to watch. Um, And if you didn't know, and Adam, I don't know if you know this, but Andy Samberg was one of the producers on this movie, but not just Andy Samberg, but the Lonely Island crew. And if you don't know who the Lonely Island is. I won't say much. They came from Saturday Night Live. They do a great job of making hilarious music videos. And they were awesome when they was on Saturday Night Live. But you can go on to YouTube and just type in the Lonely Island, find their page and watch all of the goodness. It's a great revisit when you need a good laugh. Absolutely. And I, what's weird is like, you know, usually because they made movies before they did that one, the pop star never stopped never stopping was dope it has the whole crew in it they also did one that was called hot rod that also has the crew in it i mm-hmm. was looking for them in this movie though and dan i don't know i could be wrong but i did not see the other two members of the you lonely island in the movie you did not but i love the fact that i like was watching the opening credits and seeing that it was them that put it together especially after watching the whole thing it's not typical like hot rod which is like a slapstick comedy this so good is, dude it's so oh, it's, good it's, and it is really good not downplaying it at all hot rod great film check it out but this movie in particular a lot more feels than just laughs absolutely some real shit in here um love the approach too to the the time loop type movie because honestly it's been a while since i had seen you know that kind of style of movie there's a lot of these these time loop movies did i take the time to research ones to reference no but they're out there 
Adam? The best one of all time with Time Loops is, of course, starring Bill Murray, Groundhog Day. Best one yes. ever. Yes. And you did mention that earlier. So <laughs> my dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still here and I'm still reading my notes. So um, the one thing that I will say is that, like, I've seen so many of these type of time loop uh, movies that when I realized it was a time loop movie, part of me went, uh, not another time loop movie. But then the more you watch, the more you're like, this is really well done and unique in its own way uh, to the whole time loop approach. So check it out. Palm Springs. You can watch it on Hulu um, and enjoy it because super entertaining. That brings me to the end of my list. Uh, so you guys got uh, a top five or, or sorry, a top 10. I, well, sorry, again, technically a top 12 with our honorable mentions from the best shit to watch in 2020. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And Dan, not only that, but if you listen to our first episode about the top things, we did the top five KOs. Then you listen to our next one, which was our last episode that talks about the top five stand-up specials. And we just listed our top 10 things to watch. I guess you could say top 12. We just did the top 20 of fucking 2020, baby. 20 for hey, 2020. Hey. That's You're right. Welcome. That's right. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> 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 Well, folks, you've been waiting for this probably the last, I don't know, one to 15 million episodes because we keep <laughs> uploading shit. It's part one. It's part two. But no boiling points. And let me tell you, Dan, even though we haven't talked about it on our podcast, mm. there's been some shit that's happened and my blood has been a boiling. What about your blood yeah. lately? Um, it is toppling over. OK, oh. on to the oven. That's how boiling my blood is right now. What part of okay. your body would you consider your oven? Um, definitely my butthole because I'm producing hot, hot cakes all day long. So let me get this straight. So your blood, you're so angry that your blood is actually boiling over your butthole. It sounds like you need to see a doctor, my friend. Uh, that is accurate, but also I just need to calm down and do some deep breaths. Maybe some meditation, help me with my boiling points, but for now I got to get it off my chest. However, Adam, I'm super curious to hear about yours, man, because mine is basically being your friend. Not really, but also mm-hmm. as a side note. It would be my additional boiling point. Um, what do you got, dude? What's what's really getting up under your skin these days? Well, Dan, lately uh, I've had this lower back pain. Can you guess what my back pain's from? Is it from carrying the CSBR podcast team? Yeah, it is. Blood's a boiling. Go fuck yourself. No, my actual boiling point is, Dan, it starts off as a nice story. And then there's some twists There's some turns, there's a little meandering, and there is a surprise ending. So I hope you and all of the one listener that we have, shout out to France, I want you to be on the edge of your seat for this. Here's my boiling point, Dan. This is based on a real event. So get your popcorn ready. Blanket pillow. It was a nice evening. I like that. I had retired to my bed for a nice slumber. I have my jammies on. I have milk and cookies, even though I'm lactose intolerant, but fuck you, it's my story. I go to sleep. I start to drift away to dreamland, which is the land that Dan 
In our recent Boiling Point special, a couple episodes ago, made me realize dreams actually fucking suck. Wish I was having a nightmare. But anyway. Memories. I'm laying there and Dan, what's that? What do I hear off in the distance? Who goes there? (laughs) But I hear the bass from a car speaker system. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. Why is everything in my room shaking slightly? Boom, 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 boom. Now, here's the thing, okay? You fast, not fast forward, sorry. If you rewind to a much younger version of you and myself, I hear that and I say, I wish I had that sub in my car. Hell yeah, fuck the police. Exactly. Whoa, all right. Yes, I I didn't exactly say that, but if they were playing that song, I'm not going to turn it off, you know what I'm saying? But, um... I used to hear that and it didn't matter what time of night it was. I was like, I get it. I'm not playing my music that loud, but first of all, I love hip hop. I get it, dude. Well, fast forward to me the other night based on true events when I was trying to just fall into my slumber or go into my slumber or just start to slumber, whatever the fuck the expression is. I'm sitting there. I hear this boom, 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 boom. And the whole time I... I'm fucking furious because the pictures on my wall, they're shaking just a little. So I jump out of bed and what do I do? I turn into the guy that I used to hate. So I go outside. But before I do, Dan, instead of wearing what I normally wear, I decide to put on my old man robe, my old man, little house slippies. All I needed was like a corn cob pipe and like an ascot and a top (laughs) hat. And I would look like fucking Scrooge McDuck or some shit. Right. So I go outside and I see the car. I'm I'm not going to say what kind of car it was, but it rhymes with Shmanda. There's this fucking young ass dude in his Shmanda and his radio's blasting. Now at this point, it's like, I don't know, 1130. It's not too, too late, but guess what? Late enough, because now my old self is like, well, it says that our curfew's at 10 o'clock. So if you have any loud noises past 10 o'clock, oh, I let me tell you, I'm, I'm going to write you a strongly worded letter or some dumb shit. So I'm standing outside. I'm looking at this motherfucker and I seriously yell. His window's not even down. He can't hear me. Why? Because his bass is turned all the way up. Probably blood coming out of his ears. But right now, like you said, there's blood probably coming out of my asshole because my blood is boiling. It's boiling over i yell at the car hey buddy turn down that music and it was in this point that i realized dan my boiling point is not with this young man that was just trying to get down to his tunes i realized in this moment as i looked down at my plaid robe my house slippers that i didn't even know that i owned just happened to conveniently be placed there like it was a fucking movie set and i realized (laughs) shaking (laughs) yeah fist in the air shaking like some old senior citizen shout out to senior citizens Dad, I love you. Also, shout out to Kenya. But I realized, Dan, my boiling point is with myself because I've now reached the age in which these young kids with their loud music has become frustrating to me. So having said that, blood is boiling. Wow, that was a terrifying primal scream coming from a Mr. Wilson from Dennis the Menace. Jesus, man, get it together. Dude, I totally deserve that comment. Fucking Mr. Wilson, you're totally right, dude. These things should not boil your blood such as they are. But that's what happens on this podcast. We tell you, we're honest people, okay? Even if we're 
geriatric old fucks in 30 plus year old bodies. We're actually Shout 22 out to Joe each. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I totally get it though, man. You know, if you're not in the mood for the music these days, turn it down. Put it in your earbuds, bro. When did this happen though, Dan? Like I used to not give a fuck because I was that young dude that would do the same shit. Now it's like, it's, it's not just my mood, dude. It's all day. If my neighbor like walks too loud, I'm like knocking on his door, asking him to keep it down. What the fuck happened, dude? What happened to me? I honestly, doctors don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Jesus is curious. Mm Mm-hmm. So maybe you want to, you know, check yourself out, you know, do a little mirror check, make sure that everything's in the right place, but mostly your mind, man, because that's why we're here today. Are we not? (laughs) (laughs) Also, dude, I can tell you right now, if this happens again, I'm going to yell at him the same way I did just afterwards. I'm going to punch myself in the face. So hey, you, you right there in the Shmanda Schmidick. Get the fuck out of here. Hey, yeah. but that's the one thing about Shmanda's great audio systems as well as Shmoyotas. <laughs> <laughs> I also drive a Shmia and it's not too bad. Oh, nice. I love Ford Focuses. You, I think you mean Shmord Shmokuses. That is exactly what I meant. Adam, I'm so glad to hear that you're old now and that your blood boils thinking about how terribly you're aging, I guess. Um, but I'm, I really do feel with you, right? A, a little bit there. I notice things about myself where I'm like, wow, I am getting old. Like um, waking up in the morning and having to drink a little bit of apple cider vinegar before I do anything to make my tummy calm down. What is that about? Didn't do that before, but now I've eaten so much garbage that I need to put a very pungenty, vinegary substance in my body. But it does help. That's a life tip, life hack for y'all. Tell me problems. Oh yeah, no, I would be able to fall down like eat shit on my skateboard, which I never really had a skateboard, so this is a fake story. But I used to be able to skateboard and eat shit and like basically break my ribs and be fine the next day. Now, if I sneeze too hard. My whole shoulder is hurting for three weeks. Easy. Easily. Easily. That's another boiling point. Not fuck being old, but fuck shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. Shoulders? God, blood's a boiling. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and yours have been carrying the team, so they're a little bit tired. Uh, Thank you for that. I'll take your compliment. Also, Dan, you said you had a boiling point that was not all about me. It's mainly about me. But also, Dan, let's get into what your boiling point is. You fuck. I would love to get into it. You fuck. But uh, I do want to take a moment to literally thank you, Adam, for... I'm not being facetious when I drop jokes about Adam carrying the team. He does a lot of the work. And by a lot of the work, I mean like 70% of it. I just make stupid bullshit notes that I can't even read and or write good. (laughs) And then Adam not only takes it upon himself to edit the podcast itself and also edits my spelling errors and or words that weren't actually my intention of using (laughs) and sets up the notes, these zoom calls, he does everything. So huge shout out to you, man. I want the people to know this is not a 50, 50 thing. I'm just here and he's running the show. So I think I should just get that out in the open now. Thank you, man. That was actually really sweet. Also, I, I also want to say that if you love how the show is actually formatted, yep. It's all me. If you fucking hate it, Dan was just lying. It's all him. 
Okay. Yep. And if whatever, if you hate anything, go for yourself. Um, thank you, though, man. For real. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. But Dan, this is supposed to be boiling points, not making me cry time. So what makes you fired up, bro? That was a cooling point, bro, because oh. you got so fired up, <laughs> had to, you know, bring back a little something, give you a little gift to calm down that blood, drop a couple cubes in your veins. You know what I'm saying? I love that. Actually, I see what you did there. That's the cooling point. All right. I'll let it fly. We're I not doing it. cooling points all the time because more things get my blood boiling than cooling. So uh, every once in a while, got to have a little fun throwing a cooling point. And in this case, it's a praise and a shout out to you, man. Well done. And thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Now back to what is getting my bubbles overflowing into the oven. Snow. It's that time of year, guys. It's January. Snows are coming in particular areas. Mine specifically. And it's not necessarily snow that gets my blood boiling, which it does, but it doesn't make it topple over the stovetop in a way when people... I'm talking about my hatred for snow and these positive polys want to come up and be like, well, I get it, but I love it because it's so pretty. Okay, dude. Okay, dude. So you mean to tell me that you're okay with snow because of how white it is? And what it looks like, first of all, it reflects the sun way too much. It's blinding. (laughs) So you can't even see shit anyway. Whatever. Dead trees covered in little white strips. Not that interesting. Take your fucking selfie, post it, and then melt the snow. Get it over with. Like, what is what is the big fucking deal about how the way snow looks? I mean, I'd imagine you'd prefer the dead tree look over accepting the elements and complications of snow, i.e. driving slowly, walking slowly. My mile time is suffering, man. I've been I've been really trying hard to beat my two mile mark. Can't do it because I will die if I try and pick up any momentum or speed. The ice on the roads and sidewalks are crazy. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, I, I hate it when the sidewalks iced over and then you don't see it because it's transparent, right? You're like, this is fine for me to walk on. Oh, I just broke my ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for interrupting. Blood's a boiling. <laughs> also was going to mention black ice. Ice you can't see. Is it Maybe because I look at the black? <laughs> no, no, it's because I'm not looking at your notes. So I'm, I'm sorry for saying what you were about to talk about. Probably should have looked at the notes. My bad. Proceed. No. Is black it because ice. I said black? That's what you just said. <laughs> yeah. So for the viewers, for the viewers or listeners, sorry, because you can't view. And that's the whole point of me saying this is I said black eyes and Adam made this face of being like, oh, shouldn't have said that. And I was like, is it because I said black? <laughs> no, he was just making a face of like, sorry, I fucked up your boiling point. Blood's a boiling. Uh, Moving right along, though, snow removal. That's a thing you got to do. I mean, getting a shovel, going back to the fucking archaic days and having to do that. That's terrible. Terrible. You got to do your driveway. You got to fucking shovel off your car with a little brush duster. My fucking apartment dumpster cover. I can barely lift it to throw away my trash. So I just leave it out on the ground for all the raccoons. Okay. <laughs> Snow mounds are everywhere. They're blocking entrances. They're taking up parking spaces. It's wet. It's soupy. It's dirty. It's ground slush. Wets, dude, dude, wet socks, dude, 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 get the fuck out of here. My socks, if you're wet, 
I will. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Even just thinking about it makes my blood boil. So to those of you who say you like snow because it looks pretty. Well, one, you can go fuck yourself. Okay. <laughs> You're not helping anything in this scenario. And two, snow, get the fuck out of here. Stop taking up all my time, getting me cold and getting my socks wet. Bloods boiling. Dude, wet socks, dude. Yeah, I totally agree. Wet socks, dude. Oh, one of my least favorite things. Easily. Fuck snow. That's, that's easily going to be its own boiling point in another episode. Wet socks, get the fuck out of here. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, so uh, I I no longer live in a place that has too much snow, but I did grow up with you in a place that has a shit ton of snow, and I do not miss it one bit, man. You're right. Fuck the snow. So jelly of you, man. So jelly. Strawberry jam. Why don't you just move in with me real quick? And that's our bowling place. <laughs> the following advertisement is not real. It is for a fake product from a fake company. Enjoy. Do you ever wish that you could carry the natural, fresh smelling scent from the bowels of your lover? Or do you enjoy taking a whiff of your own restroom creation? Maybe pulling the blankets over your head to Dutch oven yourself after a swift release? Choose Fatier to be the center of all the attentions. No doubt when you walk into a room, you'll be the talk of any event, occasion, or social gathering. Granted, it will be shit-talking, but (laughs) that goes without saying. Fartier brought to you by Not A Real Company. All right, everybody, we've reached that special point in the show where usually we'd be saying goodbye, but right now we wanted to do something a little extra special. This is the New Year's episode, so we were left with two choices. I know what you're thinking. They're about to do as many impressions as they can of mating calls of animals from the Sahara. (gasps) No. Yeah, that's actually how Dan sneezes. Weird, right? He's a fucking alien. Anyway, shout out to me. (laughs) Shout out to aliens and also Kenya. Um, Instead of that, we decided because it's for New Year's, we're going to do our own top takeaways from the year that was for most of us kind of a shitty year, but then flipped it into an awesome year. It was 2020. So, Dan, what are your takeaways from this past year, dude? So my takeaways from 2020 on a personal level because globally nothing really happened (laughs) boring thanks covid um i got a new job in what doesn't matter because it's not for you it's for me uh it's been going great um i got a girlfriend during shelter in place in quarantine um, her name's Alexa, but she is so, so good to me. Shut up, Alexa. Also imported. Yeah. Um, no, I for real got a real life, uh, tangible girlfriend. Pretty happy about that. Um, I, uh, haven't mentioned this yet on the podcast, Adam, but I recently got into being, um, a drone, uh, commercial pilot, Um, And although I don't have (laughs) an actual license or certificate, I have been studying online to get that. Um, I have been paid for doing drone work, which is pretty fucking rad. Um, If you haven't ever played with a drone before, fucking do it. Okay. Um, But make sure if you have money uh, to be safe and also 
uh, don't crash it. It's really expensive, especially when you borrow it from your uncle. And then you're just like, sowie. And he's like, don't worry about it. I have lots of money. I'll fix it. And you can have it again. And I'm like, God damn. Am I blessed with uncles? Uh, (laughs) Outside of that, um, the CSPR podcast that, that has started this year, uh, we debuted it and goddamn, um, a lot of fun. I got to say that for the most part, uh, this has been a benefit to my life versus, uh, it being a downside or a negative. So hats off to me mostly for making this podcast, uh, as good as it is. And mm-hmm. to you, Adam, for being there. Thanks, you dick. Just kidding. Seriously, man, my heart goes out to you. You do a lot of work for this podcast for the, you know, people that we do have listening, super grateful for you. My ego gets a huge boner every time we get another download and it's completely unnecessary. Doesn't really, uh, you know, make me feel like my life has been fulfilled in that way where I can die and feel like oh, it's okay. Cause I started the CSBR podcast. <laughs> However, <laughs> it does give me my jollies on uh, a regular basis to know that we put something together after much thought deliberation, a long hiatus, and then coming back to make this uh, new structure uh, for this podcast that has just been a lot of fun, mostly for Adam and I as friends, but hopefully for you as listeners, because clearly there's some people out there that we don't know that have uh, chimed in. And I'm grateful for you guys. Super appreciative. 2020 overall to wrap it up. A shit show for the world. Definitely uh, two thumbs up for for me, Dan. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it quite thoroughly. All right, Dan, have you ever been to a wedding where it's usually the reception where the best man gives the most heartfelt, gut-wrenching, and absolutely touching speech ever, but the whole time you're sitting there thinking, when the fuck can I eat? That's what I feel, man. I didn't ask for your fucking life story, dude. Just give me the top takeaways. Okay, so um, go ahead and press the uh, back 15 seconds uh, button on your podcast, uh, you know, a source of preference and re-listen to the last three minutes of me bantering about nothing. And there you go. Those are my takeaways, man. <laughs> all right, dude. Moving on, Dan, in all seriousness. Yeah, that was very sweet. All the stuff that you said. I second that. But I because- do not hear any sincerity or genuine tones in your voice. So I'm going to take that as a fuck you, which I appreciate because fuck you, Adam. But while we're on the topic, hey, man, what were your takeaways? Oh, <laughs> nobody cares. Moving on to uh, the outro. <laughs> Guys, it's been great. Thank you so much for timing in and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. OK, bye bye.